0: What's up, military millionaires? I'm your host, David Paré. Today, we have an exciting episode talking about how Making Great House was able to go solo in real estate investing. Super exciting, lifestyle balance, good stuff. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining the community. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. Show notes are found at from com slash podcast. Now relax and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build
1: wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing.
0: Hey, what's up everybody? It's Dave here at from Military to Millionaire. I'm here with Megan Greathouse today. She was uh, Megan was an officer in the Marine Corps. She was a public affairs officer and we connected through Instagram. And since then, she's gotten out. She got her uh, master's of business administration with her GI Bill. And now she, uh, today actually is her first day. She's gone solo for real estate investing, uh, which is super exciting that she was able to do that. So I uh, look forward to hearing your story. Uh, Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, you summed it up pretty well. I, right out of undergrad, joined the Marine Corps. I came from a military family. My dad was a career Marine, so I wanted to serve some time. And uh, I did four years active duty in public affairs. And when I got out, I took advantage of that wonderful GI Bill and went to a a university, a great university in my, I guess what I'll claim is my hometown now, St. Louis, um, that had a yellow ribbon program as well. So I was able to get my MBA without any out-of-pocket costs to me. Um, I was also able to do reserve work while I was in the MBA so that I could keep kind of making some money while I was at it and actually bought my first house during my MBA program. So nice. that was, uh, you know, it was one to live in, but it was one that we knew we might try to rent out later. So, um, so that was pretty sweet that I was able to do that while I was in the MBA program. After the MBA, I went to corporate America in marketing I spent the past four years doing that full time and it was a great experience, you know, well paying, which was awesome and helped us out a lot as well. My husband and I both got MBAs and got great paying jobs that we were able to sock a lot of money away to put into real estate investing. And, um, this year we decided it was time for me to step away both for real estate and for some lifestyle changes for us. We have a two year old. So I, uh, left my job basically right after the new year. I worked a few days the past couple of weeks to help them with transition. But today is kind of my first official real estate working for myself, unemployed day. And I'm spending the first hour with you, so that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, being super unproductive, nothing real.
1: <laughs> I got up early, I got my coffee, I'm here. So it's, uh, you know, at least I didn't sleep in on my first day. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's true. You're definitely good. That's a bad habit to start, I hear. Right. Um, although, <laughs> right.
1: I try not to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so what is the, I guess my first question would be, so what's what's the plan, uh, like working wise, have you thought about what your weeks yeah. are going to look like?
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because I've thought a lot about it, but I know I'll kind of figure it out as I go as well. Um, so, The whole idea behind real estate was to have more flexibility for my family so first of all we cut my daughter down to part-time daycare so i will be spending monday wednesdays and fridays with her which is very exciting for me um and of course i'll wake up early to get some work done before she's up and i'll be able to work during her naps but um but yeah monday wednesday fridays are primarily family time hanging with the kid taking advantage of it before she goes to you know kindergarten and she's almost three so she's only got a couple years before kindergarten Um, but then Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to be all about the real estate business. So obviously there's a lot involved with that. Um, We are buy and hold investors. So we have a few small multifamily properties in the St. Louis area so far. Um, But you know, as lots of people in real estate find when you're looking for those opportunities and you're doing things like direct mail and just constantly scouring the MLS and networking with people you come across opportunities that maybe don't fit for you perfectly, but you can still make something of it. So we've actually wholesaled one property as well. And we are finishing up a flip right now. It's like going on the market at the end of this week. Um, So I think going forward, I wanna make sure that we continue to build our own buy and hold portfolio. So everything that goes in with that deal analysis and marketing and everything. Um, But I'm also gonna take advantage of any opportunities that come our way besides that. So I might do some wholesaling to kind of continue to build capital for our business. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting cause I'm going to have to find the right way to schedule in lead generation and networking and checking in on my properties and working on my property management SOP cause I really want to get some processes and systems in place that help us run really efficiently.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and I like that you mentioned the, you've wholesaled and flipped a house and this, that, and the other. So cause a lot of people get wrapped up in buy and hold game or whatever their game is and they don't realize the truly successful real estate investors are those who can find a property that's a deal and whether it fits their niche or not figure out how to make some cash with it. Uh, and the easiest way, you know, worst case scenario is to just wholesale it to someone who that is their game. Um, yeah. And it's not all that complex, but people don't think about it. They look at it and they say, ah, that's not what I'm looking for. Well, if it's a solid deal, whether it's what you're looking for, like for me, I don't, I have not dabbled a whole lot in single family homes, although I've been trying to find a good one here recently to do like the burr method. Right. But you know, if I'm looking for duplexes and triplexes at the time and I find a single family that is, would be a perfect flip, but I don't have the team in place to flip it, but put that thing under contract and call someone. you know yeah. you make enough phone calls you'll make, you know, 3 4 5 grand off it whatever your yeah. wholesale fee is for basically doing nothing.
1: Yeah, and even if it's a small wholesale fee, um nearly nearly nothing, it's still something and you're probably getting something out relationship wise from that. So so maybe yeah. you're helping out a connection that you already had that you really wanted to help out or maybe you're making um strengthening some newer connections by helping them out and bringing them a deal that really makes sense for them. So I I think there are a ton of ways to make Money whether it 's actual money or you know strengthening relationships or whatever the case is for later, um, just from taking advantage of when you see deals that make sense for someone, help be the the connection point
0: absolutely uh, so i had a, I was kind of curious um, first i guess i'd ask <clears throat> like your buy and hold strategy kind of what what are you guys doing? Is there anything unique as far as your acquisition or Um, like what you guys are in the realm of doing, I guess.
1: Yeah. So for the first couple, not really. I mean, I would say it was kind of that rule of thumb of you look at about a hundred deals to find one that makes sense. And it was a lot of just doing things on weekends and evenings and trying to work it around my daughter's schedule and my work schedule. Um, So we bought off the MLS the first couple, a few times really. And uh, I mean, we put 25% down. It was pretty typical um in terms of how you buy real estate uh, the last one we actually did buy it off the mls but we found one that needed a lot of work and we were able to get it at a price that um, will allow us to burn it so we're finishing up renovations on that one now we should be looking at refinancing next month um, so that going forward is really where we'd like to be is the buy rehab rent refinance repeat method of really finding ways to put little to no money into the deals in the long term, but still have some equity coming out of the other end.
0: Like it, yeah, that's a super powerful strategy because you can pull your cash back out and reuse it. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about it, exponential.
1: Right, and it, it's great because we're, this is our first one, so we recognize it might not be perfect, but uh, at the end of the day, even if we go over, over budget, we're gonna end up you know, with maybe 10% cash into it rather than the 25 that would have been required otherwise. So it's a sweet deal if you can make it work. It just takes a little bit of extra effort.
0: Yeah, that's phenomenal. So, okay. So I would, I'm curious, having had a media background, both in the Marine Corps and a marketing background yeah. outside of the Marine Corps, are there any tricks or trades that you, like you have, <laughs> you have learned that might help with lead generation? Uh, and if they're super trick, don't, you know, She's not in the St. Louis market. So don't, don't try to, no.
1: <laughs> no, you know, it's, um, it's interesting. Cause I've, I believe in education and I listen to like every single bigger pockets podcast. I went on to your YouTube site and, and started watching some of your stuff. And I've, I t- I've tried to do as much, um, learning as I can in the past couple of years, especially, um, in that first year. And every time I listen to anything about direct mail, um, it feels a little bit sometimes ho-hum and boring, but it's very much true. And we, we know it to be true in the marketing world as well, that, um, repetition is key. I mean, that's key in life in general. They say you have to tell yourself something seven times to remember it. And so that, that repetition part really is key. I've heard a ton of people talk about, um, how they see people fail because they do one round of letters and they never follow up. And it it's, um, it just doesn't necessarily work so i actually you know even though it can feel like a big outlay of um, cash we went ahead and invested in six months of um, repeating mailers to a group so a thousand addresses each one gets a mailer once every month for six months and uh, we went into direct mail marketing saying we wouldn't do anything less than that because We know from what we've heard in the real estate world, as well as what I know from marketing, that repetition is key. So there's gonna be competition out there. There's gonna be a lot of other people doing mailers or trying to get people's attention as well. Um, At the end of the day, when someone decides they're ready to call somebody, uh, they're probably gonna call the people that they, they're like, oh yeah, I've, I've heard this great house name like four times. And I mean, it probably helps that my name is Great House also. I, I've gotten a couple of calls when people, where people told me that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I think repetition is, is key. And then um, kind of connected with that is how you manage uh, your leads and how you make sure that you're actually tracking everything. So this is something that I want to improve on in the coming year, in the past year. When we did direct mail i was kind of working around my work schedule i would try to call people back during lunch if i could but if i had a lunch meeting it would be the next day and you know ideally you're getting back to if you can't answer the phone when they call you should be getting back to them within 24 hours and i couldn't always make that happen um so i think that's something that's exciting too about me going full-time into this is i can actually get a process in place to really follow up on those leads aggressively and make sure that people feel like, okay, this is someone who's actually ready to act on my interest in selling.
0: Right, that follow up aggressively. Yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm so good at that sometimes. Um, I have found that a a lot of times, and it's funny, I was a recruiter, so you'd think I would be really (laughs) awesome with the phone, but I've found a lot of times when someone calls me and I can tell it's a callback on a mailer that I almost prefer to let it go to voicemail just so that I know if I'm walking into a storm
1: yeah i'm i'm the same way which is rough because um it is best to answer when they call but when i see a, a phone phone number come through that i'm pretty sure is from one of my mailers i'm always like hmm am i am i ready to answer this right now <laughs> so <Yeah>. um <laughs> i i'm with you there it's that's a a tough one i think um it takes a certain type of person to just be always ready to to sell, for lack of a better term, um, you're kind of selling yourself as their potential buyer, I guess. And uh, I'm not necessarily one of those people. I, I'm much more of like a brand builder and, uh, you know, networker than I am in the sales side. But um, it's something that I'll be working on this year because I know that it, it pays off.
0: Yeah, people talk all the time about direct mail and all the, all the wins, but I don't think enough people talk about the reality of direct mail, which is the... Uh, <laughs> the voicemails you get that are like, I don't know how you got my address, but you better <laughs> never call me again or I'm gonna report you to the police, you mother ever. And you're like, whoa, dude, like I sent you a letter saying that I want to buy your house in cash. Yeah. How is that a bad thing? Like if you're looking to sell your house, that's a great thing. If you're not looking yeah. to sell your house, at least you know your house isn't a POS because somebody's making an offer.
1: Right. Uh, so. I know. It's it's crazy. I, I kinda always wonder <clears throat> do they get this angry at all the companies that send them coupons in the mail. I mean, it's basically the same thing, trying to entice you to buy something or sell something yeah. um, that maybe you weren't thinking of before. But yeah, it's it's pretty funny some of the voicemails I've gotten, um, some of the, the calls that in retrospect, I guess I'm glad I didn't try to answer at work <laughs> because it would have been a little awkward to suddenly have people around me here shouting on the other end of the line. Um, I've <laughs> certainly gotten a few of those. <laughs>
0: that's funny. Yeah, it totally happens. Um and it's not fun at all. I'm going to actually write in a note right now that I'm going to make a YouTube video about the reality of direct mail. Oh yeah.
1: That's a great call. You know what I found while you're making your note? Um what I found to be pretty disarming for people though, is that if you actually take it all like continue smiling when you talk back to them, people can hear your smile on the phone and uh stay super calm. I had one lady call me just in an outrage. She, you could tell she was an older woman and probably thought that I had just completely invaded her privacy in some way. Um, she was very upset and I, you know, just tried to keep smiling and answer super calmly and politely and by the end of the phone she's like, okay, okay, yeah, thank you. You know, voice tone totally changed. I mean, it's, some people will stay mad but for the most part I think people start to realize it's just a human being on the other end and when you're you're like okay no problem i'll take you off my list they they calm down pretty quickly
0: <laughs> yeah we used to uh <clears throat> on recruiting they call it smiling and dialing um and yeah. that's that's the reason right because you know yeah. parents parents don't want you calling their kid but we had a recruiter who <clears throat> man he thought he was happy on the phone but like yeah. no you you are you are <laughs> not happy at all ever um yeah. and, and we would uh We we found at one point we had, uh, we put a mirror on his desk and we would be like, you watch yourself on the phone, right? Like you would look in the mirror and holy crap, made a huge difference. Like you could see his numbers change because he was just, oh, I'm not smiling. I'm a miserable sap on this phone and it, it works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: have to put that in my video, like tips and tricks.
1: Definitely. i
0: would go up here and (laughs) like write my own YouTube script as we're talking though. Uh, Love it um all right so that's actually phenomenal the repetition thing because i think a lot of people fail at that i i'm guilty of you know yep. sending out a list and saying that and getting phone calls i'll try something else um yep. and that's you know that's not what successful people do uh i've had yep. there's someone trying to buy my house back in missouri and i've forgotten three mailers in the last couple months and I will not be selling my house to them because I like my house, but, uh, and I know that, and I, you know, shot them a message. It was like, Hey, FYI, I'm an investor and I'm not selling this for a price that you'll make any money. I'm sorry. Um, but (laughs) I have been added to their wholesaler list and they're probably the best wholesaler I found in the area.
1: Yeah. I've had a couple of people call me, um, also. So going back to making sure you kind of look for the opportunities to, to monetize or, or make use of any lead you get, even if it doesn't fit fit your normal model. Um, I've gotten calls from multiple people who said, you know, I'm not looking to sell, but I'm trying to buy more if you come across anything. And I usually take down their information. I also tell them about the meetup that I coordinate once a month here in the St. Louis area. So I, like you, I coordinate a meetup of real estate investors in the area. and. Uh, you know, I try to make that connection and, and make it a warm one. And just last week, I, I met a guy for coffee who called me because of my direct mail and said, I'm not looking to sell, but I'd like to buy more. He ended up being this guy who has like 20 properties here in St. Louis, 20 properties in Florida, and a couple of commercial units somewhere in Ohio. And um, he's been doing it for, you know, 20 years on and off in addition to being, I think, a business owner on the side or originally. Uh, eventually retired from that. But I mean, he was like, basically mentoring me during this hour long coffee that we had last week. And that just came from answering a phone call and trying to make the connection, even though I didn't have something to sell to him right then.
0: Yeah. And had you called that guy and said, Hey, I'm looking for a real estate mentor, he would have never answered you. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you got something out of it that it's probably more valuable than just what, you know, if someone else had sent, or responded to the mailer. And i I've, I've found that as well. I actually do the same thing. If I get a mailer from someone, the first thing I do is call or email or whatever their contact is on there and say, Hey, look, um, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, you know, yep. let's let's connect. And I found my best wholesalers that way because they don't always have a website that pops up in Google. Uh, and there's this funny quote about if you're, you know, the easy the the best place to hide a body is the second page of Google. Right. And it's right. right. I don't ever yeah. look on Google. If it's not on the first page, right. sorry. Um But yeah, Yeah. wholesalers wholesalers are a huge asset for building your business or anyone looking to buy houses. So
1: Yeah, it's true. I also, again, going back to kind of the competitiveness, how many people do direct mail and the importance of repetition and then good follow-up. It's interesting how many times I've called um, folks who sent me a mailer about my properties and just never heard anything back. Um, So if you want, you know, little bit of I guess reassurance that your time and effort will work just look at how many others out there do fail at the follow-through and and realize that if you're the one who does follow up um, you're probably gonna get that deal even though this you know seller maybe sent out maybe five other um, postcards showed up at the seller's house but you're the one who actually follows up it's amazing how many of us don't and again I've been guilty of that this past year too so um, definitely something that I'm going to fix this year.
0: Totally writing that down. That's a nugget. You're right. Cause a lot <laughs> of people don't call back, which is mm-hmm. strange.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you know, you and I were both in the same situation this past year where you work a full time job and you can understand why that can happen. Um, I think there are plenty of people who are, going through the same thing right now. Not everyone who sends out a postcard is a full-time real estate investor with a process in place to make sure that doesn't happen. So I'm gonna become one of those full-time investors who does have a process in place.
0: Yeah, Uh, and systems are definitely important. Um, Do you have, uh, are you looking for like, do you have like a script or whatever you use when someone calls and you talk to them or is that in the works?
1: (laughs) I started on one, I actually, um, my first direct mail, campaign that I did last year. Um, I did through someone from bigger pockets, excuse me. And, uh, he, he was really great about kind of providing a little bit of mentorship and sending a script and everything. Um, I went through that. I kind of changed a few things here and there to, to put it a little more in my own voice, tried to follow it a couple times. And then I realized I'm probably a little bit better at this when I'm being a little more natural with it. So, um, I have now, a A list of questions that I try to make sure I ask to get some basic information so um, about the house about you know their interest in selling um, or the multifamily property is you know going forward that's what I'll be looking into more but just trying to figure out their motivations um, timelines and some of the relevant facts about the house and then try to get them um to set a time for me to come see it but other than just kind of following that list of things that i kind of need to check boxes on um i don't follow much of the script because i think i do better just speaking to them in a more personable manner anyway
0: i'm kind of the same way yeah uh some of those scripts are awesome but yeah you gotta you gotta tweak it to your own voice because if it's not your voice it's not going to sound it's gonna sound robotic
1: Yeah, and if you're too beholden to a script and someone calls you and right away, they want to ask you a question that doesn't follow your script, it's just going to throw you off. So it's great to have one in mind or have kind of a checklist of things you need to get through, Um, but you need to be flexible too. You need to be able to talk to them and build some rapport even in that first conversation. So I think scripts are good to have, but you shouldn't live and die by them. Yeah.
0: I like the checklist of questions rather than a script. Yeah. Um, All right. So what else, uh, anything else that you can think of as far as like buy and holds and stuff that you might, that like unique to your process?
1: Unique. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many people who've been doing this for so long and, and I've been at it, you know, just under two years. So I don't know if I can claim anything that's a <laughs> unique Meganism yet. But it's, um, I think really for me, I guess maybe my goal, and and this is something that's different for everyone, but my goal is not to be um, a multi-billionaire with eight million units. You know, I, I'm really looking at something that I can build that is sizable enough to give me and my family the lifestyle we want. Um, but not so big that it just feels like a behemoth to manage. And I think I'm gonna learn about a lot about what the right size is as I go. Right now I have a picture in mind, but um, but yeah, I think I'm really looking for that lifestyle business over something that's like, oh, look at what I built and look at all these units, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think that the people who build big like that are awesome and those are the people I wanna be learning from. Um, but yeah, I think my style going forward is going to be very lifestyle focused. Um, I'm big into family, big into travel. Um, we try to do international travel at least once a year. And I don't want to feel like I'm losing the ability to have some flexibility to do that.
0: Yeah, that's killer. And I would, I would agree with you on the units thing, although it's not a lot of people say it. But, uh, you know, having a lot of units is cool, but the, the real metric is cash flow. And yeah. you know, if, if you have 200 units and they're costing you and you're only making a thousand dollars on it, cool story. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And there's guys true. out there like that. I mean, I I right now, I have a big property that is not doing what it should have been doing and I'm trying to get out from under it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's unfortunately, it's like two thirds of my portfolio. So it's like, hey, I've got yeah. all these units and they're yeah. worthless. Um, right. I need to get rid of them. <laughs> I want to go back to 13 units yeah. because those 13 are awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's the reality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, my husband and I go through the exercise a lot too, of, um, more leveraged units versus fewer paid off units. And there's a ton of really great mathematical reasons that leverage makes a ton more sense. Um, but again, from a lifestyle perspective and from a peace of mind, easy to sleep at night perspective, um, I'm really tempted to get to a point where we've got a certain number of units and then we're just paying them off. So again, I know that mathematically leverage makes a ton more sense, but um, I'm going for the lifestyle.
0: And it, you know, it's, it's, personal goals. I've heard there's strategies where somebody like people want, you know, 30% of their properties paid off because those three cash flow higher. These ones are, there's all kinds. I got a buddy who owns 20 houses and they're all cash. They're all free and clear. And he made like 80 grand last year or something like that in passive income. I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Um, that's really sweet. Uh, you know, and I don't, but I was able to build, you know, a decent sized portfolio in a lot faster than he was. So it's kind of, but none of mine cash flow as well, so over time they will you know they'll pay themselves down and be a little bit different. so I'm kind of kind of the same boat I'm looking to pay off my duplex just to say it's paid off and then work on the rest of the stuff as is, but we yep. shall see
1: yeah
0: all right, so we'll roll into one of my first questions here um. I, I normally say if an E1, E2 military, but you know, if an 18, 20 year old, whatever, walked up to you asking for advice, and you only had a few minutes to give him your best tip on, on real estate, life, whatever, what would it be?
1: Um. Yeah. So it's funny you say that. Cause I actually was that like junior officer in the Marine Corps who went to the major in my office and was like, I feel like we need to do some sort of financial education for these guys. <laughs> so I, um, even back as a you know, 23, 24-year-old, I was trying to share what little I knew at the time. But uh, I, I think the biggest thing in my mind is it boils down to being intentional about your finances, about your life. Um, there are a lot of people who think, all right, if I get this job and I have some money coming in, then it's more money than I've had before because I didn't, you know, if, if you're an 18, 19-year-old or E1, E2, you've got a job and all of a sudden you're like, hey, cool, I got money, I can spend it. Um, if you're not intentional about thinking about what you want your life to be in the long run, if you're not intentional about looking at how you spend your money, and I don't necessarily mean, I, you know, assigning a certain dollar amount to every single category in your budget, but just looking at it and knowing where you spend and deciding, is that really how I wanna spend? Because it's amazing how many people don't even realize what they're doing with their finances. And people in my office, um, where most of us were making, you know, six figures, they'd look at me and they'd be like, "Oh man, I just don't know how you, how you bought, you know, multiple properties, and I can't imagine having multiple mortgages." And you know, we were making the same amount. It's just that I've paid attention to this. Um, I kind of got that personal finance bug early on, and so I'm, I'm kind of always at least aware of what I'm doing. And there are a lot of people out there who who don't pay that much attention. So paying attention, being intentional about what you're doing with your finances and uh, with your life in general is kind of, I think the best advice for making sure it doesn't all just slip by and you're like, wait, what happened?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I try to, so I, I host uh, because of that exact problem, I'm a command financial specialist. I host uh, oh, a, once, awesome. once a month, I host a financial class and, yeah. you know, the first month I had like 50 people and the second month I had like three and I was like, yep. all right, um, you know, nobody <laughs> cares. So I think it ended up being four as someone came in halfway through. And, and honestly the four of us had an awesome conversation because I just threw the PowerPoint out the window and just literally sat down. I was like, okay, where are you guys at? What do you guys, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, we do a really good job of talking finances after somebody's finances go south. Um, right. and, and it's, you know, the, they're improving and you know, that's not their job, but, the biggest, one of the big things I talk about is opportunity costs because this kid buying, you know, iPhones and Jordans and car, that's all right. great. He's got plenty of time to make his living, but I'm like, dude, if you invest in your TSP or something with compound interest now, you'll yeah. never be able to catch up. I'm, tr- I've, yeah. I'm putting 22% of my paycheck in my TSP right now, knowing that I will never be able to catch up to where I would have been if I would put half that in when I was 18 and put it in the right fund.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's solid. Intentional, intentional, intentional. I like that um awesome uh so what is well i guess i just mentioned but kind of talked about one thing i don't know what do you i i asked this question and people always tell me it's not the military's job but i like to ask it anyway (laughs) what do you wish the military taught you about real estate investing finances earlier yeah
1: i mean i I get why people would say it's not the military's job but i also think that the the military is unique in terms of um it's a tight-knit brotherhood and sisterhood you've got a lot of young kids coming right out of high school who take on an immense amount of responsibility for their age and um, they're looking for outlets and if you don't have someone there who's trying to help guide them in some way and and just give them the heads up that you need to be intentional you need to be looking at how much you spend versus how much you make and thinking about the future i mean who's going to tell them most of these kids are taken far away from home pretty quickly depending on where they lived originally so you know, I don't think that the military needs to get too crazy into, you know, thinking about being, I mean, they probably, it's against their best interest to talk people into being entrepreneurs or, you know, big time investors, but just getting some basics into those kids' heads early on. Um, I think, you know, even I I went through college first and I still saw a ton of my peers who didn't think about things that way. So um, some sort of, you know, basic, basic understanding of, setting budgets and having some mind for personal finance. You know, there are some young kids out there um, far away from home uh, making money suddenly and, and not really sure how to manage it yet. And I think a little bit of basic knowledge would go a long way.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, and, and we're getting better. There's a, on base here, there's a personal readiness seminar that new joins are supposed to go to in like their first three months. And it's a big financial thing, um, That's awesome. which is, yeah, it is because especially now with the new retirement, we have to be a lot better with teaching fund management and the thrift savings plan. Cause if you leave it in the G fund, yeah, you may never lose money, but you might never ever make money either. Um, right. Which is what I did, which is why I have, like a third of what I would have had if I put it in a smart account, but yeah. Oh, well,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, and you're still doing better than most I would imagine because you got into investing, but yeah, it's, it's crazy how much, I mean, I look back and the only reason I really got into it is because I graduated from college and as a graduation present, my dad handed me total money makeover by Dave Ramsey and the millionaire next door by, oh, I can't Ooh, remember his name. It's a, something.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a good one.
1: It's a good one um but yeah he gave me those i've always at least been the type who likes reading so cracking open the book wasn't hard for me but uh he gave me those and basically was like don't screw this up <laughs> and i read them and it intrigued me and i kept read, reading and um you know i didn't always act on the information i was reading right away a lot of it i did lots of it i didn't um and so you know hindsight being twenty twenty, i would have done even more in my early 20s but um, at least I, I had someone who gave me some material and tried to give me a push in the right direction and it helps me start on a few things. And at least starting on those few things is better than not having started at all at age 22,
0: 23. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think I, I think we might've already touched on this, but I, you know, what makes the Megan Greathouse method of investing unique or successful?
1: Yeah, yeah, we kind of already touched on it. Yeah. I think I'm not quite, to a place where I could claim anything super unique yet. I do, uh, we are working on our first burr now and I wanna keep doing that. So I think that's um, probably not so unique anymore because a lot of people talk about it. There's even a handy little name for it, but um, I really wanna do that uh, as much as I can. And then I want to try to make sure I keep this business a lifestyle business as I build it. Um, Not grow just for the sake of growth, but grow to a place where I'm comfortable. I don't wanna say comfortable because that, that implies you're not growing anymore. <laughs> but I, I, I wanna keep it um, at a point where I'm, I'm still spending a lot of time with family, I'm still traveling, um, it's built around my life rather than my life being built around my business.
0: I think, I mean, I think you say nothing super unique. I think the repetition thing is super unique because there's not many people who send out more than one mail out. They say, oh, it didn't work and then they stop and they don't ever spend any more money on it. Right. Um, I also think the lifestyle thing, that's huge. So people talk about their why and often their why is, you know, some big lofty financial goal when reality, like that's not what's going to keep you motivated. I mean, don't get me wrong. Having a cool car is nice, but the, it's the the non-tangible things that matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of my favorite examples from, you know, things like the bigger pockets podcasts are people like, you know, Chad Carson who really, Um, set up a lifestyle for himself and then he and his wife and their two kids were able to go live in South America, I can't remember exactly where, for like over a year, I think so, yeah, Uh, so Central America I guess, but um, for over a year just learning Spanish fluently and and doing something different and um, having grown up, I, you know, my dad was military. I lived abroad in Okinawa for six years growing up, but I would love to take my family out of the country at some point. I would love to learn another language fluently because I've built a business that enables something like that. So I, those are my favorite stories. And and that's the kind of story I want to build for myself.
0: Yeah, I like that. I've got a buddy, uh, Joseph Hoag. He's another YouTuber and, uh, kind of the same thing. Like he, yeah got out of the Marine Corps, uh, did his own thing for a while, and he was like, we're gonna go live in Columbia for two or three years, and that's awesome. That's what they do. And the cool thing is, and this is what's really crazy about it, is the way they're doing it, um, they're living abroad, they're doing yeah. all those other things, but the cost of living is like 20% of what it was in the US. So since he's still doing right. online stuff, he's also saving at a, at a huge rate compared to yeah. what he was saving before. So he's exponentially increased his financial position while having a two-year vacation. That's,
1: like, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah,
0: That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Wow, talk about winning. Um, yeah, no kidding. If I could go live in like Italy for two years and become richer by doing so, I probably would do it. Right. <laughs> um, I know. Right. I love
1: it. That's All right.
0: Awesome. What's a uh, one resource book, course, website, whatever, you would recommend to anybody looking to get started in real
1: estate? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, Bigger Pockets and a lot of the books they've put out are awesome. Um, I think I first found out who you were through Bigger Pockets because you were on one of their podcasts. Um, so I've I've learned a ton from that. And um, if you're into buy and hold and you're you know you're looking to to go that route, uh, one that I read fairly recently and it's kind of helping me set up my own systems and processes is um, Brandon Turner's the book on managing rental properties. Um, So, I mean, not everyone wants to manage their own properties, but even if you're not going to manage them, uh, having an awareness of what should go into managing is probably a smart move (laughs) for you as an investor. And uh, for someone like me who wants to kind of set up my own systems and um, get it running myself and maybe then bring some people on to help with it afterwards, uh, I felt like it was a a must read and I'm basically building an SOP like typing it out based on the structure he put in that book. Cause it's just, it's awesome. He lays it out really easily. Um, so yeah, that was a great one for me.
0: I think that book's cool. Cause it's him and his wife and it shows that, you know, this can be a family business, um, cause yeah. they managed to do everything on their own, which is super cool. Um, yeah, and they're both, both nice people. So didn't lose their hair or turn gray doing it so
1: yeah they seem like they're living the dream at least from what (laughs) i see on like instagram and everything so i know instagram is that (laughs) that's what you put on instagram but it's it's pretty cool how they've set up a lifestyle business and they set goals together and then they kind of just slay them, and they're living in Hawaii, enjoying life. Yeah, Hawaii they
0: found a way like to that. live in Maui and not pay much more than they were to live in Seattle area or Washington, right. wherever, so it's pretty yeah. cool. I'm, I'm jealous. Um, yeah. I, I had to come, you know, be dragged around by the Marine Corps and not have a yeah. <laughs> lifestyle to live out here, which is still awesome, but, you know, the, yeah. they, the joke in Hawaii is that you live here for three years, and you never get to see it like someone who came on vacation because you worked the whole time. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's not true. Goes. We have weekends, but you know, like you said, we spend our weekend doing laundry or whatever. So it's, right. you know, yeah. um, we have a lot of stuff that we still have to check off our list before we leave. The other thing yeah. is there's just so much stuff to do here. You can't ever do yeah. it. All. Um, yeah, this is, a good is an
1: awesome problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: There's still like a whole plethora of hikes that I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to do that one. Yeah. Um, all right. So before we wrap it up, any, uh, any, you know, anything you'd like to add, parting advice, big ideas,
1: Um, you know, I, I think for me something that's been big this past year and a half since I got started is, um, you gotta learn, you gotta educate yourself, but then you just have to start acting also. So I think there's kind of this constant cycle of you learn, you act, and you repeat. Um, so I have done a lot of things without 100% of the information. I think it's impossible to get 100% of the information before you act. And there are some people who will never act because they're trying to get hundred percent of the information um so you know none of my investments so far are like these perfect home runs but i'm leaps and bounds ahead of anyone who is just waiting around to find the perfect investment so um yeah learn act and repeat you learn from the mistakes you make on one and then your next one's that much better and you just keep building that way slowly but surely
0: I think that's something the military does a great job of teaching people is the, like making a decision on an 80% solution. Um, so many people get wrapped up and waiting for everything to file out and you're never going to know. And if you can't pull the trigger, you're just never going to learn. It usually works out.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's something that I really appreciate from having been in the military. And I think, um, the fact that my husband and I both were in the military, it has made us jumping into investing and now me, just leaving my six figure job to focus on this that much easier because we're both the type who we look at what's happening in front of us, we get the information we can, but we don't spend too much time, you know, just hemming and hawing and we make a decision and we go for it. And um so far it served us well. Even if it wasn't perfect, it it was better than the nothing we would have done otherwise. So I really value that. And I think, you know, if if you've got a lot of folks who are in the military or um, police officers, firefighters, whatever the case is, people who have to be trained like that, um, you've got a huge advantage just from having that training in your background because there are so many people in this world who just can't make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna do better than they than they ever will just cause you're ready to make a decision for better or worse and you're gonna follow it through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's killer just taking action. You'll run circles around people if you pull the trigger.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Um yeah. So where can people get a hold of you, Megan? If they wanted to reach out. Um,
1: yeah, so I'm on bigger pockets. Um I'm also you can reach me at my email address. It's Megan M E G A N at it's kind of a long one, Great Houses. So G R E A T H O U S E S dash S -S 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 T L dot com. So that's my official real estate business email. And people can feel free to get a hold of me. and I'm on, you know, like Instagram and Facebook. I don't really spend as much time on Facebook, but I like Instagram. That's where I think you and I actually first connected and chatted about maybe coming onto the podcast. So that
0: is, and I will be sure to throw your Instagram handle up in the show notes as well as I like what you did with your email. I I didn't catch that. I think when we started emailing, that's, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a good name for real estate. So we just kind of use it everywhere. we early born for it. Um, <laughs> Pretty much or married into it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's working out.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Hey Megan, thank you very much for being on the show. This has been a blast. Yeah. I look forward to uh, when I make it back to Missouri one of these days, I'm have to come up to St. Louis and hang out.
1: Absolutely. That would be awesome. I really appreciate you having me. This was fun and um, I'm going to enjoy continuing to follow what you're doing.
0: Yeah. We'll have to do a follow-up sometime when you've been like uh, solo for like a year and see how much you did. Yeah.
1: And I've totally crushed it. I'm sure. That that's the, the goal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's what, I mean, as long as you crush the lifestyle, that's the, yeah.
1: Thing. Right. That's what we're yeah. going for. Awesome. Cool. Thank All you very right, much. Thanks, have David. a great day. All right. Take care.